beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of the Asian Tales podcast. Here we have conversations sharing our unique life's journey and experiences with being Asian, and we share our experiences and lessons that we've learned along the way. Today's guest is the wonderful me, your host, Diamond Ripka. I thought I might take the time today talking about why I created the Asian Tales podcast. During the summer of 2020, I participated in my first ever beauty pageant, Miss Asian Global. It was actually summertime where the pageant took place, but I'm living in Australia, so winter 2020, I suppose. Now, we know that the year 2020 has been the year of COVID and maintaining social distancing, so the pageant actually wasn't held in person. It was online and virtual, and it really gave me the nerve to participate in a beauty pageant. But the fun thing about this pageant was that the the participants were all Asian American, or I'm sorry, not Asian American, but they were all Asian ethnicities. Excuse me, I'm stumbling over my own words. It's it's harder to record a podcast without asking someone questions, actually. It's like I'm interviewing myself in my own head and sharing answers. The fun thing about the beauty pageant was because I was surrounded by all of these other amazing Asian women, I got to share my experience of being Asian and I also got to hear their experiences and interestingly enough I had this realization that we all have different life experiences wow what a crazy realization I know but it didn't really click in my mind until I felt like I was connecting some of my experiences with being Asian with other individuals in the pageant that I thought were uniquely my own And obviously they are uniquely my own and my friends experiences are uniquely their own but there were some similarities and it made me stop and think that's 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 crazy that I never realized other people could feel the same way I do or experience the same things that I do so I was talking to one of my girlfriends Olivia she's actually in episode two and we were just sharing what it was like for us as teens being Asian She has a very unique episode. I highly recommend you going to go listen to it, but the summary of that episode for one part was when she was younger, she used to tell people that she was of a different ethnicity rather than being Chinese American because she had this certain stigma to to being Chinese American. She, of course, now she appreciates her culture, loves it, appreciates everything about it, loves the food, (laughs) but she mentioned that she had this sort of identity crisis i suppose you could call it she used a different word i can't remember it off the top of my head and i connected to that i really connected to that and i shared with her my tale which i'll share with you in a moment but as i was telling her i also expressed to her how amazing it would be if other individuals could hear our stories our experiences and the way that we felt and that night I sent her an email. I wanted to create a book with all of our experiences. She was down. She thought it was awesome, but she also has a whole lot on her plate. And now she is Miss Asian Global. Congratulations, Olivia. She doesn't really have time, to be honest. (laughs) Let's be real. So I just jumped the gun and I said, you know what? I'm going to create a podcast and I'm going to invite anyone and everyone onto the podcast to share their experiences being Asian. And they can share whatever they want. They could share their favorite myths or tales from their culture. They can share their experiences growing up. 
hardships, um, happy moments, anything they want. The Asian Tales podcast was really meant to just be a platform for individuals to share their tale. Everyone's tale is uniquely their own. So anyways, the, the story that I had shared with Olivia after she told me about her experiences in high school, I felt an identity crisis as well, but I did the opposite thing. I used to tell people I was more Japanese than what I am. So I am half Japanese, and I wouldn't tell them that I'm 100%, but I had told individuals that I participated in Japanese culture way more than I actually did. So I remember when I was in grade school, I used to tell individuals, oh, I can't pronounce that English word because we only speak Japanese at home, which is not true. My mom cannot speak Japanese. I can't speak Japanese. My grandparents could, but alas, they are no longer here. So that was a big lie. The second big lie that I used to tell individuals was that we celebrated all of these, um, what would you say, cultural holidays, I suppose, or traditions like wearing kimonos. I don't actually know when to wear a kimono, and I didn't even know that a yukata was something different until I was a young adult. But you know, I, I would just tell these little cultural lies, and it used to make me feel better. I used to think that I actually was more Japanese than I am. And when I was in high school, my best gal pal, Brittany, shout out to Brittany, hey! Uh, she made a joke once that I was the ethnic friend in the group, which really, I grew up in a very white neighborhood or Latino neighborhood. There was no Asians around. I was one of the few Asians. I think um, I played soccer with a few other Asians, but the, the, the city that I grew up in, there were not that many Asians around. So I liked that. I liked being known as the ethnic friend. I felt cool, unique, uh, uh, special, I suppose. But this did something to my mind. As I became an adult, a young adult college, uh, um, higher education, post-school, post now into my real adult life, paying taxes and chisel. <laughs> As I became an adult, I felt this feeling of imposter syndrome. I think this is the right term to use. So with imposter syndrome, you really feel like a fraud, a fake, like you're not actually good enough to be here. And in my case, it was an ethnic imposter syndrome. I can say that I'm Japanese because genetically I am half, but I don't feel Japanese. And I think it's because I just really internalized that I was lying about speaking Japanese, that I was lying about participating in, in these cultural traditions. Whereas I did experience some Japanese things. My grandparents are were very Japanese, and my grandma was from Japan, my grandpa, I think he was born in the States, he might have been born in Japan, I, I can't really remember. That's so bad, I should, I should remember. I'm like 99% sure that he was born in the States. Um, yeah, they were very Japanese. They spoke Japanese at home. My grandma was always cooking traditional Japanese food. I used to eat tsukemono and um, oh, what's the fish cake? Gamaboko. We used to call rice bowls ochawan and nori and onigiri balls. So I did have a little bit of cultural experiences. It was really around food because my grandma was an amazing cook and she always used to make us very, very delicious 
traditional food. But things like kimonos, yukatas, like new moon parties, Asian Lunar New Year, never experienced those, though I used to lie and say I did. And our house was always filled with Japanese-themed art, but it was never really traditional, I suppose. It was sort of, we went to Japantown, we'd be like, ooh, this looks nice, let's put this in our house. But, you know, there was, real no me there was really no meaning behind it. And as an adult, I just feel like everything I said as a kid and as a teenager was just this big lie. And now that I'm trying to really embrace my culture and and whatnot, I feel confused because I am Japanese, but I wouldn't consider myself a cultural participant of being Japanese, I suppose you can say. And I want I want to be. I want to be to some degree. Now, the confusing part here is, am I allowed to be to some degree? Am I allowed to meet up with Japanese people and say, hey, I want you to teach me about what you do for Japanese New Year or for the Lunar New Year, and I want to incorporate it into my family traditions. Can I do that? Is that, is that fine? Is that not fine? It's this large bubble of confusion. So I had shared this story with Olivia, and we sort of laughed because we both had this identity crisis, but on opposite ends. I used to say I was more Japanese, and she used to say she wasn't Chinese. And it was an interesting conversation, and I shared it with some of the other girls in the pageant. And one of my other gal friends, Daisy, who I will be interviewing in a few weeks, so keep your eye out for that. Daisy is super awesome. So I had shared this feeling with Daisy, and I expressed to her one of the reasons why I feel guilty as well. Not just that I'm unable to participate in cultural traditions or cultural aspects of my ethnicity, but also kind of guilty is I went to China to feel this connection with my background. And the reason why I went to China was because my dad was working there and I had gone to visit him. And it was the first time I had experienced Asian, real Asian culture outside of Chinatown, Japantown, you know, um, areas within the United States that had a large population of Asians. So the stores and restaurants and decorations and things, this, that, and yada, 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 were Asian. But it was the first time I had experienced real legit in Asia, Asian ethnicity. And I felt this connection and I was trying to grasp at it so desperately. I know Chinese and Japanese culturally are different and the language is different and everything's different but I just wanted to grasp at it so desperately I wanted to feel this connection to this culture even though I am not Chinese and when I was sharing this with Daisy I told her I have such a guilt because I chose to learn Chinese Mandarin over Japanese so I'm not going to say that I can speak fluently in Chinese, but I, I can text a little bit here and there using pinyin, and I can listen to conversations okay. Don't ask me to debate anything in Chinese because I will not be able to do it at all. <laughs> but I have a pretty good understanding of, of the basics for the language, and I just feel guilty, I suppose. You know, like if I if I felt like I wanted to connect to Japanese culture, why didn't I go to Japan to study my master's degree? Why did I choose China? 
obviously I chose China because my dad was working there and I visited it and it was just an amazing experience. And if I wanted to be close to Japanese culture, why didn't I choose to study Japanese language instead of Chinese? Well, obviously it's because I was living in China and I needed to learn Chinese to learn that to survive there. But still, these thoughts go through my mind and this feeling of guilt, I suppose, comes along with it. Interestingly enough, Daisy understood what I was going through. So she is Chinese American and she chose to learn Japanese. She really liked Japanese culture. She wanted to learn the language and she did. And so we were sharing this sort of confusion or I don't think she necessarily felt guilt because she definitely was like, I learned another language. That's freaking awesome. But she understood where I was coming from learning a language that wasn't, I suppose, what we were genetically you know, what, what our actual ethnic genetics were. She understood what I was talking about and it was just amazing being able to share these feelings with another individual. Now, I, I have two sides of my mind for this. What, what does that even mean? Two sides of my mind? I think you understand what I'm trying to say. There's two ways that I look at it. On one side, I realized what an amazing opportunity. I went and studied abroad in another country. I learned another language, maybe not proficiently, but I learned another language and I got to experience their culture and it was amazing. I had so many great experiences. Not many people can say that they've done that in their life. I absolutely 100% understand this. And then I look at it on the other side and I'm like, God, you made the wrong decision. You should have gone to Japan. You should have learned Japanese. You should have tried to connect with your family in Japan, etc., etc. So it was confusing on the inside. As, as an adult, I have this little bit of confusion and this struggle, this internal struggle with accepting my degree of ethnic participation is the best way that I can describe it. Actually, Interestingly enough, I'm going to be doing a talk on this exact topic, imposter syndrome or ethnic imposter syndrome, and how it affects people and how people can move past it. There's many, many, many papers on it. I've done research because I'm just confused and I got my degree, I got my bachelor's in science, so I like research and I love reading research papers, so I just dove into to Google Scholar and I looked up articles to, I don't know, get me familiar with the topic. So actually in January, I will be giving a talk through Imagine Talks, which is a wonderful program through the Miss Asian Global organization. They've partnered up with it and yeah, it's, it's for Asian individuals to give some sort of talk, similar to TED Talks, I suppose, but a bit more inspirational and more related to our lives as being Asian, which goes hand in hand with my podcast. I'm very, very excited about that. But in January, I will be giving a talk on ethnic imposter syndrome and ways that individuals can work around it. Now, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, right? Isn't that the saying? So it's interesting because on paper, everything makes sense, you know? Their reasoning on why we feel this way and how we tend to view the world from a very individualistic point of view, which absolutely makes sense. We can only hear our own thoughts and we can only think our own thoughts, right? So of course it would be our own individual opinion and view of the world. However, once you start to consider others and their thoughts and perceptions of the world, imposter syndrome becomes alleviated to some degree. Now, 
as I was saying, do as I say, not as I do. It's because on paper, everything makes sense. I can picture it from other people's perspectives, and I can understand that, oh, you know, there's other people that feel this way. But it's still frustrating because, yeah, you're feeling that way too, but I want to figure out how to feel better myself, right? And don't we all feel that way? Uh, eventually, it does come back to our own self and how we feel and how we deal with it. So I invite you to listen to the talk in January. I need to just finish up the conclusion so that way it sounds a bit better than do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> While today's episode is pretty short, that is the background on why I started this podcast. Now there's no real conclusion to my tale. I can't say that I suddenly feel closer to my ethnicity, but I've had a wonderful, wonderful time talking with other individuals and Oftentimes, each conversation, I'm very surprised with their experiences because we only see what people share in social media or choose to share with us in person. And oftentimes, when I've spoken with the people that I've interviewed, their tales are just so amazing. And, and sometimes I think that they're going to have this, this hardship that they share and they've actually said, no, it, it was easy breezy so good my childhood was amazing no one picked on me it was 100% do it again and others they seem so happy and cheerful and I asked them about their childhood thinking that they've grown up in this wonderful environment and they share with me you know I was actually bullied I I was physically bullied I was emotionally bullied there was a lot of problems going on and it's just surprising to hear what people want to share. I am looking forward. I, I don't know who's going to do it. If anyone wants to come on and share their tale, absolutely send me a message on Instagram at Diamond Ripka, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-R-Y-P-K-A. Send me a message on Instagram and I can set up an interview with you. I would like to interview people sharing um, ethnic tales. For example, like mythology related to your ethnicity. I would love, 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 love to hear someone share some tales. I would also like to talk about language because I think that language is so important when connecting to cultures. And I would also like to find someone who maybe had the same experience as me. Someone who used to lie saying that they were more ethnic than what they were just trying to connect I have big plans for the podcast, and I hope that everything turns out well. Thanks again for listening. I'm sorry today's episode is so short. We are in the middle of moving our house, so I have just plugged in my microphone, and I am recording in an empty living room right now. So if there's an echo and the quality is a little off, I apologize for that. Next episode will be back to normal. We will have another interview. If you'd like to hear more of me, sharing in the episodes and telling you about my tale go ahead and let me know you can always message me on instagram i'm always available on there and yeah thanks for listening i post new episodes of the asian tales podcast every first and 15th of the month sometimes it is the second and 16th of the month please forgive me for lateness all right everybody have a beautiful day and i will catch you next time